0: up guys. So I wanted to talk to you about something that recently happened to me and I just felt compelled to have to have a little rail about it. A rail that may fall into a ramble, but right now it's a rail. So I live in a small town. Okay. When I say a small town, I mean, I have like three traffic lights. Uh, we are surrounded by mountains and valleys or pastures of cows, sheep, horse farms, and hobby farms, you know, um, It's a quiet little oasis of simple living. It's not like living in the typical suburbia with cookie cutter houses that are all the same, you know, piled one next to the other with no privacy or zero anonymity. Right. Like you're not peering into your neighbor's house from your kitchen sink window. So living in the country, as I call it, you know, the outskirts of town, if you will, um, it does provide you freedom, right? You know, I have deer that lay around the house. Um, Outside, there are foxes in the yard, rabbits in the brush, you know, field mice and groundhogs, possums and raccoons, skunks and squirrels. You know, we even have bear and other wildlife that are off in the distance. And there's like a slew of butterflies and bees, dazzling beautiful birds, frogs, turtles, and even snakes, right? All these things eventually and inevitably travel my backyard. So it really does feel like National Geographic out here. So you feel removed from um, the humdrum of everyday, uh, you know, society. You kind of feel like you're in your own little space. That being said, Living in the country puts you in different circumstances from other situations that you might usually face if you lived in a typical neighborhood setting. Um, Things like sharing a two-lane back road with a combine, you know, one of those big, huge machines that are used to like cut down um, cornfields, cornstalk fields, you know, during harvest time. So you have to pretty much make way for all farmers and all uh, farmer utility vehicles, um, that just take over because this is basically a farming area. You know, wild turkeys just hang out in the road and you have to wait for them to finish congregating before you can get by because these jokers are big. And I have had a tangle with one of them and it was not pretty and it was not fun. And, um, yeah, that's just, it was a terrible situation. So, Needless to say, your your problems in country rural life are way different than neighborhoods. One of those problems are randomness, okay? <laughs> Random things can happen out here. Um, for example, my neighbor who lives up the road, she's minding her own business outside, tending her garden and everything like that because when you're living out here, you really have to do a maintenance every day of something to your house. I am not that dedicated, nor responsible, nor motivated to be like that. But she's one of those people who constantly live in her yard. Like she is the garden gnome. She's out there every day mulching, so uh, pulling weeds, you know, sewing bulbs for the next season, painting, uh, sweeping. Every day, every day she's doing something, right? Anyway. She's very friendly, like super friendly, very helpful, very kind, uh, sweet woman. Obviously, at some point she has been sweet and kind to someone who decided to burden her with a random situation. That random situation was she was outside, I believe, doing her thing, as she usually does. And I guess she was on another side of the house. right? Well, when she came back around to the front of her house, there was a box at her garage door, I believe. The box had four cats in it, kittens and cats. No note, no anything, just a box of cats. Right. So she is a pet owner. She has a dog. Um, I think maybe... There was a cat sometime, somewhere, I don't know. But I know that she's a, a pet owner and, frankly, animal lover, right? So she's burdened with these box of cats. And she's perplexed, like, what to do about it? They just left these animals at her garage door. So my man goes up to the the front of our driveway to collect our garbage cans and recycling cans. She comes running out of her house when she sees him and she offers him a cat. Do you want any cats? We we just had a, um, a pet passing in our family. Our beloved, beautiful girl, uh, our dog. She passed away about three months ago. Um, and so we are still in a grieving and mourning time. So, yeah, we don't have any pets right now. Um, More importantly, we are highly allergic to cats. Well, he is. I'm not. He is. So even if we wanted to take a cat or two, we couldn't because he literally cannot take it. Medication or not, it's just too much for him. Right. So anyway, she comes running out of the house and, and offers... Cats tells him the story about what happened and he said oh you know that's wild that's crazy I can't believe that happened he's like unfortunately no I can't take the cats because I am like highly allergic hypersensitive so uh, I'm sorry uh, but good luck <laughs> you know he takes the garbage cans and he wheels away okay so she does what any responsible kind person would do She creates flyers uh, for these cats who are not even her responsibility, but that have somehow been passed on to her. And she sets them up in her little local grocery store and other places throughout our small town um, with a picture of the cats and her number and everything like that for someone please to give them a good home um, to reach out to her. Okay. Very kind, very responsible thing to do. She said she didn't want to call it animal control because she was concerned that by calling animal control, you know, if people don't come and adopt an animal after a while, um, you're not sure if this is a kill shelter or not, but you know, cats never do well in, in shelters and things. Uh, dogs either, like older dogs, but really for some reason people got a thing with cats and they just treat cats poorly, right? So, um, you're always hesitant to, to send a pet or a cat off to a shelter. You just don't know what's going to happen to them. So anyway, she's got these flyers up. Now this has been going on for about maybe hmm, a week and a half now, right? I decide Okay, wait, I'm getting kind of myself. So this is not for a week and a half now. I One night I go outside of our place to put our milk bottles outside because we get um, a delivery from our local creamery, right, for, for milk. We consume a lot of milk. So there's a local uh, dairy farm here and they deliver milk and eggs and stuff like that. So anyway, we do that. So we, they're glass jars, so we have to take, you know, we return the glass jars and, you know, we get new glass jars full of milk every week, etc. Anyway, I'm outside putting the milk jars in the crate, right? Lo and behold, here comes a cat. Now it's, I don't know, 930 at night, something like that. I mean, the cat just appeared, right? Uh, I was like, oh, no. Freaking cat. Now here's the problem. I am weak. Do you hear me? Weak when it comes to animals. Uh especially like animals in need, right? Um, and I was like, How did this cat even get over here? It's not like it's such a great distance from my neighbor's house because right now that's where they've been staying. They've been stationed, posted up at her house, like on the, her front porch or on the on the back of her deck um, by her garage. That's where they're hanging out. These four cats. There's like an orange tabby. There is a black and white one, like a black patch on the back, long white legs. Half the face is black, half is white. Um, and I think it has like a black tip on the tail. And I saw a gray one, which I actually only saw this one today. Um, didn't even know. That, that one was there. Uh, even in the photo, I didn't see him. But anyway, there's a gray cat. Uh, but the one that approached me that night was it had like these uh, spot. It was gray. It was white with a gray patch on its back. But in the gray patch, it had like black spots, almost like a little leopard. And it had a white face and its ears had those same gray patches on it with the with the, uh, the black spots. Right? Cute cat. Really cute cat. Sweet as ever. Came, you know, (laughs) came right up to me and did the whole weaving in and out of your leg, the purring, the the fur felt so silky on my legs. And it was just, you know, purring away and um, doing its best to be so sweet and cute and like, take me face. Right? Um, and I was like, Oh no, how did you get over here? Why are you over here? You know, did you hear the garage open? What is it? Lo and home, my other neighbor who's, you know, Oh, uh, like they're my next door neighbor, but there's, there's some distance, but they're close enough where she's outside walking her dog. Right? So what this woman does, she walks her dog up the driveway. We have a super long driveway. So she walks the dog up the driveway. Uh, And because we're in the country, you really can't just go walking on like a sidewalk street to go walk your dog. But which is strange. She has a yard. I don't know why she doesn't just walk her dog in the grass in her yard. But no, she wants to walk up the driveway. Anyway, she's walking her dog up the driveway. So she walks the dog up front past my very kind neighbor's house and the cats must have spotted her and the dog. And these cats are not afraid. They uh, like dogs (laughs) and they pounced off and and followed her back to her place with her dog. And so unfortunately for me and lucky for her, I came outside at the moment when she was trying to find a way to go back into her house with her dog and the cats had surrounded her. So when I came outside to drop off the milk bottles, ta-da, distraction. The cats would beelined over to me. Well, I don't know what happened to the other ones, but this particular cat beelined over to me and you know, held me up and it was enough distraction for her to hurry up and hustle and pick up her little dog and run in the house. So here I am outside trying to negotiate with this stray, hungry, cold, small cat that's probably like only, I don't know, seven, eight months old. Yeah, it's a young cat. Even the other cats, the another one is about the same age, about seven, eight months old. And the other ones, the other two um the bigger black and white one and the gray one, they look like they're about ten to eleven months old. So they're all young, right? Anyway, this cat is out there is doing its best meow, best purring, best pawing, best nuzzling it can do, and I am held hostage outside. I don't know what to do. I don't want to try to go back in the house and I try to close the garage door and the cat gets crushed by the garage or Uh, It gets trapped inside the garage. Uh, Then I can't go in the house because, you know, once you open a door and a cat... I don't know if you've ever dealt with a cat, okay? But cats are fast. (laughs) I'm just saying that if you don't know, they're quick. They're quick and they're agile. And they can find ways to to like fit into the most um, impossible spaces, okay? It's just the magic of catness. So... (laughs) I'm trying to negotiate in my head, how am I going to get back in the house, close the garage door, um, without hurting this animal? I try to shoo it away. I try to, you know, gently nudge it with my foot. Go on, go ahead, go over there. You know, no, no, no. And it's crying and doing it's really deep, you know, really into it. Like it's selling itself, right? Just... So cute, so darn cute and so heartbreaking. So I don't know what to do. I call my man on the phone. Thankfully, I had my phone. I was like, you got to come out here and rescue me. You got to find a way to, you know, distract the cat. I thought about getting some food and throwing it to the cat. But, you know, that's the other carnal rule. Once you feed a stray cat, that's your cat. Okay, those are the rules. Those are the rules of life. Those are the rules of, like, catdom If you ever, my friends, my friends, if you ever come across a stray cat and you think, oh, I have a little bit of food and it looks hungry, let me feed it. If you are anywhere near your home or even in a vicinity where the cat can follow and find out where you live, that is your cat because now you have made the bond of feeding and and it knows that you will give it food so it will hang out at your place. I know this because at one point in my life, I was the cat lady, okay? I was the cat lady. I lived up north. Um, when I say up north, that's like Jersey. Um, I live in a southern state now, more southern, not south, but southern state now. But when I lived in Jersey, I was living in like suburbia kind of, there were apartment buildings, gas stations, all that stuff, restaurants around. But this house I happened to be renting, it was on this patch of grass. Like it felt like it was just picked up out of like a rural area and dropped in the middle of this town. And it just so happened that I was renting it. So it backed up on this abandoned restaurant and it had a parking lot there, but there was really nobody around. It was just a gas station to one side and some commercial buildings, you know, further down. But this house just sat there. And then behind the house and behind the abandoned restaurant were some apartments, right? But I was basically there by myself. It was like an acre of land just sitting there in the middle of this um, town. So it was a cool setup. My dog loved it. We had fun. Anyway, Some one day a random cat came up to my back porch. It was a small, tiny little cat. Um, in just as cute as ever. It was hungry, I assumed because it looked raggedy and beat up and dirty um, and not cared for. It was scratching full of fleas, you could tell. Um, Yeah, I made the mistake. I don't know what I gave it. I don't know if it was a can of tuna. I don't know if it was a piece of chicken, whatever it was. The minute I did that, that cat came back. And when he came back, he came back with friends. And his friends were also hungry and homeless and cute. And at first I just started, you know, I would leave food outside. What's the big deal? It's not hurting me. You know, they seemed like they were outside. They like being outside. Um, they just needed food. Fine. Fine. Huh. Fool. I was a fool. I fed this cat and his friends. Um, it was only like two other cats. There's only like two other cats. They never had anybody else, just the three of them. I thought maybe they were a clique, a unit, a family. You know, they rolled together. Well, one day, the original cat who came to my back porch darted in between my legs when I was coming outside to give it food so I'm opening the door and he just charges in the door I guess he figured yeah we've played this game long enough and me outside you inside I want to see what's inside so he came in and made himself at home he bust through the door he laid down on my kitchen floor like yeah I'm here now this is my house and I was like oh no you got to get out of my dog which was a pit bull at the time she absolutely loved him. They rolled around and played and all that. It's like, okay, 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 fine. I guess it's okay. I'm like, but that's it, just you, not your friends, right? I say to the cat as I'm trying to negotiate. So I take the cat to the vet. I get the cat cleaned up and all this and that. So now you're a bonafide cat, except that this cat has got a taste for the wild and keep, wants to keep going outside, like running the streets, right? So... It's crying, hollering, yelling to go outside every night so I let the cat out um and he comes back every morning and he sleeps all day and then he goes back out at night like a like a wayward man basically anyway long story short the next time I see the cat the cat has a new friend and the new friend I could not deny it was a beautiful little cat. It was so tiny and small it was a kitten it I saw it traipsing across the field. Coming up to my door, like the grass was taller than this little cat. It was a calico uh, cat, which means that it had like dark brown color, but then it had like light brown and gold and orange. It was like a um, a mix match color fest all over this cat but they were all dark and orange and yellow colors mixed together it was a beautiful cat and it had the tiniest little white paws that was the only white thing on it was the feet but everything else was all these mix of black and brown and orange and gold it was a beautiful beautiful cat long hair cat um I could not resist this cat I mean I could not resist this cat I loved this cat I I called her fudgy right because she just reminded me like a little fudge like a A delicious piece of caramel and fudge combined together. Love this cat. After that I was hooked. Well I later found out that Fudgie was a whore okay. fudgy used to lay up with all types of men wherever (laughs) wherever she was and she'd always come home and bring some damn babies okay. So I constantly had kittens I had to deal with and it just became a nightmare for me. It truly became a nightmare and then the friends who originally came with the first cat yeah, they, they were at the house too. So by then I had like four cats and I was always circulating kittens out of my house, right? So it it was a struggle. Anyway, I knew from past experiences after dealing with all those cats in and, and my past life, there was no way I was going to fall into that trap this time. So I called my man. I'm like, you got to come out here and help me because, bruh, if I have to deal with this cat... This cat is going to be in the house and, and I don't know what's going to happen. You might have like some kind of allergy attack or or something, but we got to get rid of this cat. Well, he comes outside and I move into the garage and he's right by the, the door to hit the garage opener. So the cat hears the sound of the garage starting to, to go and I'm thinking this cat is going to dart itself into the house and I don't know what we're going to do then. But it was a smart cat. It sat there and watched the garage door close and it just looked at me and, you know, swished its tail and stuff and let the door close and that was the end of it. It was like an agonizing five, six minutes of my life. But what was worse was when I came in the house and I sat down, I just could not let it go about this precious cat. It really bothered me, you know? And then knowing the story about how the cats were abandoned and just left to a stranger, and now they're just out here in the neighborhood. You know, I was both mad about the abandonment, but I, was, I don't know. I, I wanted to be mad with my neighbor who was picked to be, you know, the godmother to of these cats all of a sudden. Because I'm like, oh, she's just got them out here. And, you know, they're running around and they could get hit by a car over here. Now we have to deal with these cats and watch out what happens to them and so we don't run over them or, or, you know, they don't get crushed by the garage or, you know, I am so working this up in my head. Everything that I think is just a mess with the situation, but in the same token, it's not her fault, right? These are not her cats. Someone just dropped these cats on her, right? The randomness of it. Uh, and now is it up to her to deal with? I mean, is it really her responsibility? Because before this, she didn't have cats. Now there are cats in our neighborhood. My thinking is also, listen, if we let these cats hang around, cats draw cats. And it's just the truth. I don't know how they do it, whatever. You know, they travel around. Cats draw cats. Across from our home is a um, pasture of cows, right? And most farms have barn cats basically cats that live in the barn that catch mice and things like that and any other type of crawling creeping things that could you know affect their livestock cats are out there and they catch them they eat them they kill them whatever so if there are barn cats down and across the way from us one of these cats is eventually going to come across one of those cats guess what? Breeding happens. After breeding comes babies. Then there's more cats. And then, you know, it starts populating the area and it turns into this like mess of catdom, right? Um, it's not healthy for the animals. It's not fair to them. Um, so I'm thinking like, oh, I wish she would do something with these cats. But again, it's not her responsibility. And then that goes back to what can she do besides try to get them adopted, which that's what she's trying to do. Um, or let them just stay loose and whatever happens to them happens to them because whoever had them initially didn't care, you know, or maybe they did and then they put the burden on somebody else. I don't know. um, But yeah, if you call animal control, that's the other thing. Is it a kill shelter? Is it not? So there's so many things that, you know, could go wrong with this situation right now. The cats are just hanging out, but it's, it's October. Okay. It's getting cold here. The leaves are starting to fall off the trees. Winter is coming. And what's going to happen to these animals? Are we going to find one dead outside because it was so cold? Um, And everybody else here in the neighborhood, you know, either they're allergic or, you know, they don't want any pets at all. So the cats are just out here. So anyway, I was so worked up about it. And I was pleading my case to my man and telling him about it. He's like, yeah, well, what are you going to do about it? I was like, I don't know. And I actually don't want to insert myself and do anything. Right. And I think that's also a mess up of me because if I'm feeling so impassioned about it, I should do something about it. Right. So that's what I said. I said, you know what, I'm going to try to help her out. I like what she did. She put up a a post about, um, you know, please help adopt these cats if you can in, in our local stores and neighborhoods in town that was wonderful of her. And I thought instead of me just sitting here speculating and worrying and things like that, let me try to help assist getting these cats adopted because I don't want to see them out here either, right? I don't want to see any animal suffer, be cold or sick or anything, right? Um... I mean, they could be attacked and killed. There are foxes, like I said. There are foxes, there are raccoons, uh, possums. There's all types of other animals out here that could be like rough with them um, at night. So yeah, bears are still, I don't know, are bears still around? I don't know if bears have moved into hibernation mode yet. Not sure about that. But if they're still prowling around, who knows? But there are like uh, little coyotes, like all types of stuff. Like this is no joke. These animals are also vulnerable outside. So I call my younger sister who lives up in Jersey and I say to her, hey, you know, she's one of my best friends. And I just vent to her about the situation. And she is also empathetic. She's like, oh my God. She goes, if I was there, maybe... She's like, I'm not a cat person. You know that. She goes, I really don't want a cat. She goes, but if it really, really had come down to it, she goes, I... I would try at least to foster for a little while. So I found someone then I told her how there were four. She's like, oh, brah, four cats. I can't do four cats, you know. Um, She's like, but maybe I know some people. I will ask around up here. She's like, I know it's a hike, but, you know, my sister, she'll drive for anything. You know, we're only about three hours apart. So she'll easily come down here if that's what it took, right? So she's like, let me call around, talk to some of my friends and her friends all, you know, on the social media and stuff like that. So hopefully, you know, there's somebody who loves cats or, or is willing to take in a cat. So that was one approach. I also reached out to another friend of mine who has a farm up in Jersey. And I was like, dude, she's always taking in animals, always taking in animals. I said, can you take I sent her the flyer that the neighbor made. I said, do you have room for them? And she's like, oh my gosh, my farm is full. She goes, I wish I did, but currently I don't. She just took in a recent um, pet uh, who was uh, abandoned. It's a blind great dean, I believe. Cutest, cutest little, little puppy. Uh, but she just took him in. So she really doesn't have any room for anybody else, right? So... I say, hey, I don't really Facebook or anything, but I'm on there and I'm on there because yeah, my little local town is up there, right? It's just like a little what's happening in town because it's so small kind of thing. So I decided, let me go to Facebook and reach out to the local townies. There's got to be somebody out here. At least who could take one cat Or maybe if we're lucky, you know, somebody who has a farm, they need a cat or they don't mind having four cats. You know, something. This could be the answer that we need. Maybe they don't see her flyers at the grocery store, but they're on social media or their kids are or something. Right. Whatever. So I reach out and I say, dear, you know, local family, this is a situation Four cats have been um, abandoned. Uh, We can't take them because of allergies. However, you know, it's getting cold. Is there anyone who is able to take at least one of these beautiful, you know, babies because they need a home? Uh, Please reach out to my neighbor below and or feel free to message me directly, right? That's what I said. I started getting like little notifications. Oh, sad faces, hearts, um, all of that thumbs ups. Okay, fine. All right. It's posted. People see it. I figure I'll wait until tomorrow. There'll be something, right? That was like the evening time. I probably posted that around probably 11 o'clock at night, you know, after the whole cat incident at the garage door. The next morning I go to check my post to see if hopefully some, but at least one person has sent something or one person has reached out to my neighbor, right? My post is not there. Now, like I said, I don't Facebook, so I'm not overly Facebook savvy. So I'm thinking, eh, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Let me reload my page. Let me uh, log out and log back in if that's the case. When I reload, nothing. When I log out and log back in, nothing. And I'm seeing conversation that was happened before my post. And I see conversation that's happened after my post, but not my post. So I'm like, what is going on? So finally I look under my name or account or something is like review your posts or something like that. And I see my post has been deleted by the administrator. What the entire F is what I'm thinking, right? So I click on it to see why it's been deleted. And it says, Facebook does not permit the buying or selling of animals, this is prohibited. These are the Facebook rules. And so it is automatically deleted when such things like this occur. Let me just tell you how sat back and pissed off That makes me, okay? Now, I don't want to even begin to imagine the atrocities and horrible things that may have been done to cause such a rule to be applied on this platform. Like we know there are terrible, awful, wicked people in the world. And there are people who do nasty and evil things to people and even worse to animals, right? So, yes, absolutely. Nobody should have a free-for-all to be able just to gather up animals under the guise of, yes, I'm going to give them a loving home and then do abusive and wicked things to them. Absolutely not. I agree with that 100,000%. Absolutely. But again, I'm set aback and annoyed because... I'm trying to do a good thing. I'm trying to help these poor animals that I see outside, languishing, for lack of a better word. They don't look like they're suffering, but they do look like, you know, it's cold, my joints hurt, I'd like to lay down in a warm bed. And maybe that's me being like emotional about it and and putting human feelings onto these animals. Uh, Maybe outside life is all they've ever known. But regardless, they shouldn't have to live that way, right? If someone is able to help them, wouldn't we all want to leg up if we could? Wouldn't we all want someone if they were able to help us or or move beyond behind the scenes to help us get better footing? Wouldn't we appreciate that? Wouldn't we call that like a blessing and a gift? You know, so I was hoping that by communicating to my local um resident to neighbors and friends, friends is the operative word here, uh, that, you know, someone could help step up, step up and and help or find out or even suggest a a shelter that the cats could go to. That is not a kill shelter, right? Which is probably something I'm going to look on Google after this as well. Um, But they just took it down. They just took it down. And now no one will know. No one will know besides the people who see the flyer. um, And who knows how many people that is? And who knows how many flyers were put up? Right? No one will know. But you know what they do know? You know what people do know? They know how to be hateful. They know where to go to find the hate groups they like, the chauvinistic groups they like, the fat shaming groups they like, the teen uh, bullying uh, groups they like, the... uh, Racist and misogynistic groups they like, the um, whatever, gay bashing, homophobic, transphobic sites, they know where to go to find political division and hate and lies and um, nationalism. They know where to go. Facebook, that's where you go. That's where you go when you want to get into all these nasty, horrible, terrible things. But you can't go there to help an animal. You know, and, and that is where I am. This is my rail. My rail is how dare you, Facebook? How dare you sit here and perpetrate some like rule of prohibition, prohibiting something, right? But you're still letting all this filth of lies and hate and wickedness run rampant all over your platform. You're not doing anything to stop that. Okay, it's just coming out in the news all over the place, all the things they knew about uh, the lies about, you know, the U.S. election, the lies about voting, the lies about, you know, um, Sandy Hook, for God's sake, um, about 9-11, about um, you know, racism in general and these hate groups that sit there and and you know, teen bashing and gay bashing all these things these people know about and they don't do anything to stop it. They don't put up rules. They don't automatically just flag and delete these things. We know this because they say that they don't do it. But you're gonna stop me in this little quiet town from helping a stray animal find a home. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. I always thought Facebook was crap. Sorry, I always did. I always thought it was too much. The immediacy of, okay, you can connect with old friends and high school friends and things like that. That's cool, that's fine. But then it started morphing into another kind of beast. And at some point, I remember thinking to myself, wow, this is um, a place where things can get messy real quick. And I don't like drama. I don't like uh, everyone all in my business. And I don't feel like I have to advertise my business all the time. And People are like, oh, well, that's not what Facebook is. And you don't have to post about your life. if You don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fine. But people do. And people get into your business and all that stuff. And I'm just not, I'm not into it. Anyone I want to talk to, they know how to reach me. Anyone who wants to hear from me, they've given me their details. I don't need to just have this one place uh, that I live and thrive on. And like, it breeds this ground of just craziness, right? And that's where we are. And through the midst of all of that, all these terrible things can spawn from this, this, I don't know, this hub of chaos But you're not getting any good out of a simple thing is like helping an animal in need. And it's just so troublesome. I find it so troublesome and so disappointing and so sad. Because, yes, this is just my story and my life. uh, Something that's happening right now that, you know, it affects me, but it doesn't. But it does in the grander sense of I'm watching every day as... These animals have been denied a potential home because somebody on Facebook created a rule. (laughs) And meanwhile, our country, um, the world, is being influenced by such bad actors on negativity and lies and destruction on so many levels from this very same platform. Um, And nobody seems to think that should be flagged or stopped I should say, no one of power and position of this place, of this organization, of this company, um, is doing anything to stop that. But you can stop the possible uh, rescue and adoption of an animal. So yeah, that's my rail today. That's where I am. That's that's how I feel about this whole entire thing. It's sad. It breaks my heart. Um, But I am now going to take my own advice. Now that I've been sitting here talking about it, railing about it, I'm going to go look on Google. Good old Google. Go look on Google and see if there is a potential uh, place nearby that will um, take these animals and help adopt them out, at least give them shelter and food and, you know, maybe shot. Maybe they'll even spay and neuter them to keep the animal population down. Um, so that there won't be other poor random cats just dropped off at some stranger's house um, or be subject to being run over in the road because they have no place to go or, you know, they're starving um, in the the cold um, and that it's a no-kill shelter and that they will help adopt these animals out. I mean, it is the least... That I feel like I can do to at least find out um, and to reach out and to share that information with my neighbor. I mean, I don't want to get overly involved, but I feel like in the same way, if you want the best and the good for yourself, for your community, for the people around you, if you truly just want to see people and good things succeed and move forward, you do have to get involved. You don't want it to be your burden. You don't want it to be your problem. But it becomes a point where you ask yourself, if I'm not going to do it, then is anyone going to do it? If we, How many times have situations gone so wrong because we, as individuals, Ugh, I don't want to take that up. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to, if I start talking about it or, you know, suggesting things, now I'm in it. And I just don't wonder how many things could have been maybe avoided or people been saved or situations turned around or disasters averted if we had just gotten involved, if we had just said something, if we had just, you know, took that minute to put ourselves out there, if we had decided to, hey, sometimes remove yourself from something so something doesn't keep going. Um, And yes, I may be speaking more broadly, but In this instance, I feel like it relates because just as easy with these cats, you know, if you can't get involved, and I'm saying you broadly, but also talking about myself kind of in the third person, if you can't get involved to help here, how are you ever going to be able to help with the bigger, broader things in life or, or in the same token, sowing seeds forward? right? I'm such a believer of sowing good seeds. You can sow bad seeds too, but the goal is you want to sow good seeds. So if you are moving forward and thinking beyond yourself and you are doing something to, you know, um, be positive and bring goodness forward somewhere, um, that those seeds that you've sown in goodness and good faith and good action and behavior, they can't help but come back to you. Bring, the whole thing about pay it forward. Yes, that's true. Um, I've seen it in my own life in different instances. And it comes up in so many unexpected ways that this happens to you. So today I am hoping to be able to help these cats in some way. Who knows how that could turn around and translate in my life later. You know, I could reach out to a shelter group to find out, oh, that there's... um something more that they're involved in that might pique my interest, that might give me a connection to something else, right? You never know how things happen. And, and maybe I'm feeling so passionate about this whole cat thing because there is something more there I need to know about or that is drawing me down this path. I don't know. Um, all I see is that there's an animal in need. I wanted to try to help. Um, and if I truly want to help, then this one step back is not the thing that should just stop me from helping, right? Genuine help means you keep going forward to find the help that is required and needed. But all the same, I had to communicate that while I'm on this journey of helping, and again, uh, my neighbor doesn't even know I'm doing this, by the way. She has no idea, right? I am quietly doing this um, because I felt compelled to and because I saw what she did and I felt like she needed support. None of us here in our little area Uh, I don't think have reached out to her directly about the cats. I mean, she's come to us, right? But none of us have reached out and said, oh, we'll try to help or we'll try to do this. Not that I know of. Um, But I am trying to do what I can. So at least if I go to her, I want to have an answer to at least let her know that she wasn't alone and that I am also trying to help. Um, But I don't want to open the door to that yet if I don't have anything good to say, if that makes sense. So, you know... Here we are. I have to give it a lot of thought, you know, um, what to do, how to do it, uh, how far do you go, you know, who's relatively around, who could help, but it's worth a shot, it's worth a try. So hopefully I'll have an answer and I'll be able to come back and talk to you guys about it. But in the meantime, I mean, just what a mess. What an absolute mess. And I think if I didn't know it for sure, I know now Facebook is a freaking joke and it's not worth anybody's time. It's an awful, awful useless platform. And that's my public service announcement. So hey, listen, I just wanna thank you guys for taking the time to tune in today and joining me here on Real and Ramble your podcast destination for all things conversation. I have been your rambling and railing host, Jay. And it has been a pleasure talking to you guys and venting with you and really just, you know, working this out in live time. um, Just how I really feel about this situation. And I hope to be able to have good news to share with you guys coming up. Take care.